0: Well, hello, I do hope you're doing okay in this continued season of lockdown, a little bit of easing, though we are beginning to get, which is great. We're in a season of reset, I believe. And this is a reset globally and nationally. And for us as a church and personally, it's an opportunity that God's giving us to press a reset button. And that's why we're doing this mini-series of messages right at the moment. So this COVID pandemic, um, it's a time of uncertainty about health, it's a time of economic uncertainty, and of course it's also been accompanied recently by a time of racial tensions. And there's a lot of change, a lot of fears, and many pressures around us. Now the New Testament church faced huge pressures they were threatened and had experienced actual persecution. In Hebrews 10, um, it says this, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, thrown into jail, and all you owned was taken from you. Let's take, let's take that in for a moment. All you owned was taken from you. That is extreme, isn't it? I mean, these believers were suffering in incredibly powerful ways that that most of us perhaps all of us have never experienced anything quite like that Um, it certainly wasn't what they wanted it maybe wasn't what they expected either and there are parallels in this time that we're living in of time which is not what we wanted and certainly not what we expected the book of hebrews is really a letter written by a church leader almost certainly commentators agree on that to exhort and encourage his his readers people that he he probably knew and knew him and uh, we've been going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 12 over a few weeks now where really uh, last week gareth uh, brought to us this essential message that we have come to God himself the the new covenant that Jesus has introduced that we're brought into is a completely new deal It's one where we have access to God himself. We've been brought to God himself, to Jesus himself, through him as the mediator. And we can have a first-hand personal relationship with Almighty God, Heavenly Father. Uh, He wants to inhabit us, not just to visit us. And what a privilege that is for us as believers. We're going to go on today and uh, look at the first... Verses of Hebrews chapter 12. uh, There's our portion for today. Let me read you first of all uh, the first four verses. Remember, this is written to a persecuted church. Um, I'm conscious that this is a challenging message for us, um, but I'm trusting God that He will help us, help me to deliver it to us, and help you to hear it and to receive His word to us uh, in these days. Let's read the first verses to start with Hebrews 12 from the NIV. Therefore, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. We'll go on reading a little bit later. The Christian life here is likened to a race, and it's much more like a marathon, uh, an endurance race, than it is a sprint. Um, It's not a walk in the park. It certainly isn't for these believers that the writer is writing to in Hebrews. Um, They are in a tough situation. They're experiencing persecution. And the New Testament's perspective, interestingly, is that this is a race that's been marked out for them. Um, In fact, the NLT says God has set before us. And so there's this always this sense in the New Testament of the fact that God sovereignly oversees and overrules our lives and he is the one who's ultimately in charge and it's really important for us to to know that in our hearts, in our heads and to hang on to that as a truth that sustains us and encourages us. You know God wasn't surprised by the persecutions that the early church experienced. In fact Jesus had promised them, warned them, uh, the disciples when he spoke with them in, in John, it's recorded, that they would have persecution, that they would have people hating them. And so God just equally, God isn't surprised by the pandemic that, that we're living through. He'd actually seen it coming uh, way before we ever did. Because he is the all-knowing God. He's all-knowing. There's nothing that he does not know. So let's look today at three ways that the New Testament tells us to run with endurance. How do we do that? How do we run a race effectively as followers of Jesus through a difficult time? Well, three things. First of all, from verse one that we just read, throw off. That's the first point. Throw off. Throw off what? Well, throw off every weight that slows us down, the scripture said. A number of years ago, Andrew and I went to the Lake District for a camping holiday And we had two rucksacks, and the one that I had had what I thought was an enormous weight in it in the end. It was quite a big rucksack. And I struggled to to walk and to get it on my back and, and to move. I did manage it, but with great difficulty. And if you have a weight on your back, it really slows you down, doesn't it? And that's the analogy that the writer is using here. And he says, throw off everything that weighs you down. I wonder what that might be. Well, um, Graham Cook in the prophetic word that we're looking at in parallel with this series from Hebrews 12 said this. He felt God was saying, I need to remove what's weighing you down, like anger, fear, frustration, and a poverty mindset. There's some things there for us to consider and to reflect on. You might like to do that more after the talk and after this service is over. Fear. Well, we may be struggling to obey God because of fear of the consequences or fear of the future. A poverty mindset. Well, if, we have, if we're living in a financial fear, I think that often speaks of, then that can make it difficult for us to be ready to to follow God, Uh, it may create in us a kind of disproportionate financial ambition, a a drive, a desire to kind of make up for our fear by getting hold of finances. Um, That might be for yourself or it might be for for your children. It can be wrapped up in that as well. Maybe we could be asking God, in your heart, even asking him now, Lord, what are the things that, that weigh me down? Are there things that you're wanting to speak to me about that hinder me in my Christian walk? Please speak to me. Please show me so that I can make a response to you. And then the scripture goes on to say to throw off especially the sin that so easily entangles. Um, One of the translations says trips us up. And it has the idea in the very word of an obstacle in our path. So something that we can trip over um, and fall. And our sin can trip us up, can't it? It can be like an obstacle on the track. It also makes us often feel guilty. And if we feel guilty, we can feel unworthy. We can feel unworthy of serving God even. These things can trip us up in our walk with God. And our serving of him but you know when we repent of our sin then freedom comes we're removed from guilt guilt's removed from us and then we can have a freedom to serve and to love God without tripping up so throw off every weight that holds you down every sin that could trip you up secondly fix your eyes on Jesus verse 2 Raymond Brown, one of the commentators, uh, describes this as somebody who is aware of rival attractions but deliberately looks away from those other things. There's something deliberate and intentional in the scripture here about looking at Jesus and remembering what he did, what he went through, who he was on that cross, all that that meant, but then also Remembering where he is now, seated on the throne, we just read. He's the one in receipt of worship. And these memories and this fixing our eyes on him and who he is and what he's done for us and where he is now and has his receiving of worship now, this inspires our hearts, inspires our spirits, rises up within us to be those who continue in the race as we run the race as his disciples as we live this life on earth. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And then don't give up. It's like we're saying, Jesus, you did all that for me. Now I'm not going to give up on you. Make that your heart's declaration today. Jesus, whatever happens, I'm not going to give up on you. So did you notice that Jesus both initiates and perfects our faith? He initiates it because he gave us the gift of saving faith right at the start of our journey as his disciples. And he completes and perfects our faith because he gives us his righteousness and trains us in righteousness. So these lessons that Hebrews 12 is giving us about how to live this life and run this race with endurance, there is throwing off what weighs us down or trips us up. There's secondly, fixing our eyes on Jesus, and then thirdly, submitting to divine discipline. And we're going to read now the other part of the chapter in Hebrews, chapter 12, from verse 5. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God Disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on however, it produced a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it There are some difficult words there aren't there? Let's have a look at them and see what the Bible's saying. Well, there's the work there are words rebukes and disciplines and uh, punishes or chastens and the rebuke and chasten word actually come from the same root it appears elsewhere in the new testament that always helps us to understand what's actually being said it appears in 1 corinthians 11 it talks about god correcting the church um, around their practices of communion and some are even sick and and have died because of it It's the same word is used by Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, 6-9, where he talks about having been beaten, um, but he's not dead, but he's been beaten. Um, And Pilate is uh, recorded as using it when he says that he'll have Jesus flogged. So these are strong words, aren't they? Um, Now the word in the the middle, disciplines, that's a different word, um, and that really means to rebuke sharply. And that also appears in Revelation 3.19 where uh, God says that he will rebuke, he loves and rebukes and disciplines um, his children, those he loves. You know, we cannot escape the fact that the our loving Heavenly Father is willing to train us, to discipline us, to chasten us, to do what's necessary to help us to grow, to stay on track as his disciples and to grow in righteousness and holiness and become the people that he wants us to be, which is the best we can possibly be. That's important to remember, isn't it? This doesn't in any way contradict the fact that God is good. You know, when I was um, playing rugby a few years ago now, uh, we had a particular coach who used to get us put us through various exercises and so forth that you could imagine and one of them what I remember is we had to lie on the ground and he'd say right lift your feet just six inches off the floor a few centimeters off the floor and uh, hold them there until I say put them down and you'd hold them and hold them and it got more and more painful um, as we were enduring this training until he said relax and thump your feet hit the floor did that mean he was a horrible nasty man No, it meant that he was training us physically to be able to play the game more effectively. He wanted us to do our best. And that's just in some way reflects what's going on here as the Bible talks about God training his children, training us, training you and me in righteousness and becoming more and more like Jesus. The New Testament recognises in the passage we read, doesn't it, in verse 11, that it's not pleasant at the time, it, it can feel painful, it can, it, we can be thinking this is not what I want. It's so important in these times that we remind ourselves and hold on to the truth that God, our loving Heavenly Father, in allowing us to go through things which we would never have chosen, like the early church went through persecution that they would never have chosen But actually, it's always for our good, and he can bring good from it as we respond to it. And that's why my third point is this, submitting to divine discipline. Because the Bible makes it clear in the passage we read that the people in whom the fruit of righteousness and holiness is developed are those who are trained by the discipline. So it's possible not to be trained by it. The analogy um, is of a horse having a bit put in its mouth to be trained. Now that's not a pleasant experience, I would imagine, uh, for the horse. But if it's trained by it, then it can, it, its power can be harnessed in a positive way. And actually can have a very peaceful and very, a very good relationship with its rider. If the horse is continuing to struggle against the bit, to fight it, then it's a difficult relationship and a painful experience. Even persecution that comes from the hands of evil men, the New Testament interprets as an agent of divine discipline. Something that God can and wants to use when it's happening to bring about the training of his much-loved children. God wants to use whatever circumstances we face right now to train us to become more like Jesus and to become more fully the people that he has made us to be, for you and for me. There are a couple of other warnings in verse 5 that are really helpful to look at. I think it says, don't make light of it. Uh, let's not make light of the circumstances and the, the possibilities for learning and training that, that these give. Um, it says, don't lose heart. because it's possible, isn't it, to lose heart and, and to give up. What that really means is don't be overwhelmed by it. Don't, don't let that happen to you. Rather, make a decision that says, God, I'm going to come through this. I'm going to come through this with you and I'm going to ask you now to teach me all that you can and want to through it. Let's remember and be encouraged by the fact that when we go through things like this, the Bible's telling us that it is one of the things that actually demonstrates and affirms our sonship. It's because we're his children, because he loves us, that he trains us. That's so important to remember that. Well, let's finish and let's pray together. Why don't you ask God for a moment, Lord, what are you wanting to train me in? Maybe there's something that he's wanting to to speak to you about just in this moment. And then we can be saying to God, Lord, I will submit to your discipline. I will respond to you and I want to grow. You know, he promises help. He says, I'm with you. He promises you will not be tested beyond your ability to endure. And he is praying for you. The New Testament makes that clear. He's interceding with the Father for you right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, we want to fix our eyes on you again today. We thank you so much for what you did, for who you are. And we remember where you are now on the throne and we worship you, we honour you, we love you, as we thank you, Saviour of the world and Saviour of our lives. Lord, we pray. Lord, show us what you want to show us, what we need to throw off, what we need to get rid of in our lives or we need to repent of of sin be speaking to us in these days give us grace to respond to you we lord are here and we we want to say yes to you we want to say yes to your training of us that we become the people you want us to be and as much like jesus as we can possibly be and we ask it for lord for your honor and for your glory and in jesus name amen God bless you as you respond to this challenging word and as you have, I trust you know the blessing of God on you through this coming week.